listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. This is Jackie Clayton. And this is Katie Van Horn in uh, freezing cold Arizona. Freezing. You know, is that what, you know, I, I wanted to say, Katie, every time I say, in you, the introduction, you pause just a little bit longer. And I think it might be because of your shivers from 70 degrees or below. It's 57 right now. It is so freaking cold. <laughs> uh, yes. And also it's supposed to rain here because like the rest of the U.S., we have these random weird storms going on that I don't even understand what's happening. But uh, alas, uh, very excited to have my day with you, Jackie, because I just I miss you so much. Uh, I don't get a lot of quality <laughs> time with you. Um, and also because we have an awesome guest today. Um, so, you know, we like to do a lot around tools, HR tools, right, Jackie, and tools that are about diversity, equity and inclusion. Yes. And this one, I think, is kind of it's a little bit different, but I actually think it's very, very interesting. And I think it absolutely kind of falls in line with how do we become more inclusive? And so, Andres, I would love for you to introduce yourself and share a little bit about, you know, kind of your background, and then we'll dig in on uh, what you're working on, all that good stuff. Yeah, certainly. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Andres, and I'm the founder and CEO of Tardi. Um, I'm from Ecuador originally but have been in the states for uh, 17 years and uh, now i live in arizona and i'm freezing too <laughs> <laughs> well i, I have wearing actually a jacket before but i just you... so i look better <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to ask you say you're from ecuador i know you've been in the states for 17 years but what part of ecuador are you from I'm from Quito, the capital, the mountains. And yes, I was used to cold weather, but not anymore. That yes. was my previous life. Yeah, understood. I, it's yeah. a beautiful part of the country. I've been to Guayaquil, Ecuador, oh, and cool. we almost went to Quito. We tried to do all the things, but we didn't get as, as far as Quito. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's a beautiful country, little. Um, I just went to visit my grandma uh before she died she oh. was actually 99. Yes. Oh, wow <laughs> exactly that's why i went because i knew it was coming soon so i just went say goodbye love her and came back and anyhow it was just uh wonderful i haven't been there in a while but anyhow <laughs> well, glad you got a chance to to do that and i'd love to know more about your product and, and what it does tell us more about toddy Yes, certainly. So Tari actually is a Quechua word, which is the language that the Incas used to speak. And as a native Ecuadorian, I wanted to have a deeper meaning behind the company that I was building. And uh, it means gathering, so meetings. But uh, initially, I started to build, it was a uh, middle of COVID 2021, a friend of mine called me and is like, hey, um, my team is burning out. They are like, having thousands of meetings helped me do something. And I had a couple other companies that kind of gave me some freedom and some time to do that. So I start talking to people and different HR leaders and cultures and backgrounds. And it was like, what is the one thing you would do to improve employee well-being or help your employees? And everybody's like, fewer meetings, fewer meetings. I'm like, oh, really? 
Everybody right. hates meetings. What is what a what a new thing, you know? So I was like, well, why nobody has ever done anything about this? So initially we started to build this meeting effectiveness, meeting efficiency software. But as we were talking to people, honestly, I realized that there was a much bigger problem. And and myself being a minority and working for large organizations, I have felt that pain and I have been in that situation where Sometimes my ideas weren't considered, or I didn't have the chance to speak up just because the same individuals will lead the meetings or will never kind of get everybody the chance to kind of speak up. So as I'm talking to my team and I'm like, could we do something about that? And it's like, yeah, let's do it. So that's where really kind of tardy came about. And really our goal is to empowering every voice to speak up and no matter their background, no matter the race, gender, or their communication style, everybody should have a chance to be considered and be heard in meetings. And our goal is to create a category that we're calling a meeting equity. And that's so that. When you say, I would love to know, like when you started doing your research, started looking into this was there any commonalities that you found amongst meetings was it like whether women or men that were talking more or different groups depending on tenureship How, what were you finding um was inequitable in looking at meetings yeah certainly so um initially as i told you like i was focusing on, on effectiveness so like our goal was to eliminate bad meetings as we all know most of them are unproductive actually research shows that 71% of them are unproductive. And so, <laughs> you know, that's three quarters of them. Uh, but as I'm doing, and one of our advisors, he's one of the uh, world's renowned meeting scientists. So as we were kind of approaching this, and he's like, listen, nobody has ever done any research on meeting equity. And I'm like, what? Why not? He's like, because I guess it's not important to most people. And I'm like, how could it not be? It's like, we're not just talking about, you know, gender races, like we're talking about just different styles and people communicating. So anyways, uh, as I'm doing these, you know, I found research and actually shows uh, there was a McKinsey research that shows that women and minority groups are interrupted 50 percent more of the time than men in meetings. So then, you know, we're like, OK, we need to start doing something about this and I guess I'll tell you something and maybe I told Katie in my, my first conversation. Whenever, uh, you know, I was raised by a kind of single mom, uh, very strong woman, and my wife is a powerhouse and my daughter is a dynamo. So now that I have, you know, been son, husband and father, I'm like woman. I always was, you know, woman team, but now I'm like pushing and really trying to support in everything that I can, you know, gender equality. And, and to me, that was one of the drivers into creating this, you know, women and minority groups compile 71% of the workforce, but sometimes we are considered the minorities. So anyhow, uh, so, you know, I could bore you with all research and we spend the 45 minutes here talking about research because <laughs> now I love kind of researching and finding these but you know please ask me any other questions that you think that will be relevant for this yeah so i i well if you're asking jackie and i we could spend 45 minutes on the research because that's where both those data nerds 
Um, but I would love to hear, you know, how does it actually work? Like what, what does it do and, and how does this tool truly help build more inclusive teams and, and more inclusive meetings? Yeah, certainly. So um, one of the important elements is that um, there is this saying, you grow what you measure. And one of those elements that, you know, in all these DI initiatives, so these, you know, inclusion and diversity and equitable, you know, like initiatives, most organizations, uh, and again, I'm going to go and research because I love that because I'm basing that on, on this. 100% of Fortune 100s have DI initiatives. Now, does that mean that actually they work? Probably not. Uh, they are focusing on most of the initiatives, and I talked to a bunch of uh, DEI leaders. There is too many initiatives, and the problem with those two initiatives is that they are not measurable and quantifiable. So now you talk to finance and operations and CEOs, and they are like, well, why are we throwing a bunch of money into something whenever there is no return? It's all you know, fluff and emotions, and there is no return on, on that investment. So to me, it was like, well, if we can help organizations measure those initiatives, track their progress, and in fact, put people accountable to grow those, then we are doing our job. Then we are becoming an allies to those people because now they can not only say, well, we can we can see a workforce that is more diverse, but now you can see the progress. Are they engaged? Are they more productive? Are they actually belonging in the organization and then providing you know results? So you know, I guess going into the into the um, solution, we take a four step approach. The first one is awareness. Uh, because you don't know what you don't know. And that's, for me, one of the biggest elements. You know, I was talking to somebody and I'm like, if you go on this highway and it doesn't tell you, you know, like 75 or 65 miles per hour, you just go the speed that you want, right? So just even one little sign can give you that consciousness of, oh, shoot, we are spending, you know, I don't know, $5,000 a day in meetings and those meetings are actually not including any diverse workforce. They are not including people that are, you know, maybe junior or that they are not, or there is no woman or that there is no that. So that's the baseline. We give you measurements on things that most of us are not measuring. Then the second step is uh, insights. We tell you what is driving that inefficiencies and those behaviors and it could be well meetings that happen on monday are driven by male in their 50s <laughs> you know and we are measuring those elements and our goal again is never point a finger but create this consciousness because if you don't know what's ha happening then you cannot address those elements and then you know uh one of the biggest uh, things for for us was well if we give information, what can DI leaders do? They can do a lot, but sometimes it's overwhelming with the amount of data and information that we got. So how about we implement behavioral science into helping people transform that behavior? And that's what we're doing. 
in the third step is action, helping people go from A to B to C. And then the fourth one, we call it automation and is utilizing AI to help people kind of go into the, those best practices and the system will say, hey, is your meeting inclusive? And, you know, you can review it or is your meeting not letting everybody participate? So anyhow, so that's what we do. I think that, you know, the reason why I, I like this tool and I think it's such a critical piece is that, you know, the most basic of DEI and, you know, the conversation that we had, even when it was back, you know, when folks were just starting to kind of think about this and it was mostly women and quite honestly, most mostly white women, they were talking about, obviously the tech industry, it was, you know, you have engineers who are introverted, that type of thing. And so, I, I like that this tool is really looking at not just one piece, but multiple pieces of how does everyone feel included, who is speaking the most, all of these different pieces, and just being able to have, like you said, those little data points for that awareness, for that consciousness of what's going on. Like, I just think that's such a critical piece. And, and you know, I know you've showed me a demo of it, so I, I've seen, you know, some of the basics of it to say, like, it's just a click of a button to say this is what's going on in this meeting this is what's happening that kind of thing and the piece that i truly gravitated towards and i know I, we talked about this is also the here's the solution so that third piece that you talked about is not just here's the information but what do we do with that what does that mean or how can that you know translate to action for the leader that sees it and and i think that's one of the pieces that to your point when we talk about dei you know, the, we always talk about what are the metrics? Okay, so demographic data, yes, of course, engagement scores or ENPS and, you know, employee net promoter score. But to have these little bits of information throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, it also keeps DEI front of mind mm. for everyone. So it's not just a, oh, HR is doing this thing over here. All of us are involved. All of us are participating and all of us have an awareness. And what we do with that, you know, Obviously, we probably have leaders that maybe don't do anything, but you know, the hope is that obviously we would have folks that take action and use some of the actions that you suggest to say, how do we move this conversation forward, become more inclusive, do what we need to do to make sure the right folks are on the call or in the room, whatever you want to call it. So I just I really appreciate that you're thinking about that because I think it's something that not a lot of folks think about. So, you know, I, I just think it's a great tool. Um how has this been received by folks what's the you know as you're meeting with people as you're you know talking to organizations how are they receiving what you're working on you might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either she's wendy and i'm beth and together we host fruit loop serial killers of color a true crime podcast Together, we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I think... Uh, it is uh, a lot of people are like in shock because um, meetings is kind of like the, this necessary evil that organizations think we have to have. 
But if you think about it, is um, the activity that is most time consuming throughout our you know, professional life. So if we are measuring that and that gives us, you know, 50% of the kind of snip of, of the of the full picture of what's happening, then you know, um I I guess, you know, to answer your question, people are kind of impressed of, of how maybe nobody has done that before <laughs> and then too is like they they really want to kind of get their hands on these into testing it because again uh it's like if you see these amazing toys like you want to actually test it try it and see how you know how it can help you but um yeah you know like for for us it's like is the is this uh we're getting a, a lot of reception and a lot of people kind of interested in these um is it just has to be for us a, a specific uh, organization in the sense of like who actually wants to drive transformation mm -hmm. uh, because you know you 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 ladies both are involved in this world and it's like most of the time these are like you know kind of snips in here here there and everybody's excited and then the next day it kind of dies off mm -hmm. but I was you know I actually put a lot of thought in these and our team into how we can do something that helps transform not just you know a group but the whole culture of the organization so i guess sometimes you know to to go to uh, answer a little bit of your question is people are um sometimes overwhelmed into how do we implement this because it doesn't rely only on the chief di officer mm -hmm. it has to be a cultural approach it has to be a buy-in kind of initiative from the whole organization so Anyhow, I guess, uh, you know, overall, it's, it's good reception. It's just we're trying to work with those leaders into how we, you know, from the messaging, from the onboarding, from the element of how people don't feel that they are being, you know, kind of monitored. But it's like how this tool is actually helping their day to day life into creating a, a more inclusive culture. I love that you say that because I had let's just say an animated conversation with someone who was telling me that someone was going to write some information about DEI and they wanted some quotes. And I was like, oh, well, who's writing the article? What's their experience with DEI? And they said, can't they just Google it? And I said, no, what you Google is wrong. That's how the algorithm works. That's why nobody's doing it. And it's this innovation that we have to do of things that we haven't tried and measuring things that we may not have measured. I mean, as soon as I figured out that's what you do, I feel in, like enormously ineffective, right? I'm in meetings all day, which is why I'm always two minutes late for every meeting because it's like back to back to back. Um, and then you have to give your hugs and kisses and goodbyes for some reason takes two minutes. <laughs> it always takes two minutes when we close it down. And sometimes everyone, especially when you have meetings with your team, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, and the leader of these groups are giving everything that they know is important, can monopolize all of the time and not get the true underlying message. And it just seems really important to be able to make it those things aware because you're really missing, if you're not getting everyone a voice, you are missing on the innovation that you can have by having all of these different voices come together. Oh yeah, 100%, you know, and somebody asked us and, and uh, it, this, this comment has a purpose, is like, who's your competitor? I'm like, uh, surveys. 
Yeah. What? <laughs> like, yeah, because that's, you know, that's how we're measuring this engagement and you're making, you're asking people, are they, are you feeling included? Are you feeling that you belong to this team and, and all those stuff? And, you know, let's be honest, most of the time, whenever I was working for large corporations, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, just to, to make sure that they wouldn't tell me that I'm like just going. And then I'm like, I will forget because surveys, one, are inefficient and then two sometimes we don't even trust that our leaders will do something with that information so you know um that's kind of really what what i wanted to do is like give people an understanding in real time of how engaged their team is and at the same time at the end of the meeting we actually ask a question was this meeting inclusive so you are getting both their engagement but also a survey that is in that very moment so you feel you know kind of you're being honest into how you're feeling in that exactly you know conversation absolutely and jackie i love what you said on the you know how many times have you been in a all hands meeting and like for me in all hands i'm like no i want to hear from the frontline employees what's really going on but yeah a lot of those times it is a report out from the executives and so you do miss the what's really going on and how is this experience for folks and especially folks that are underrepresented i think there is this assumption and we talk about this in dei all the time that whatever my experience is in an organization it's the same as everybody else's which is completely false and inaccurate information and so however you can keep the pulse of how was this meeting for you was it inclusive for you did you feel like you could contribute all of these things where i i think that there is just such a need for those again like in your face reminders all the time for leaders of here right now i can tell from that meeting we just had an hour ago what was the consensus or what did people feel about that that's how you start to make change actually real for folks i think yeah, 100%. I, I, I agree. And if you're just having all, I mean, I think part of the reason that it's been going on like this forever is because it's been going on like this forever. Like be, people mistake productivity with being busy or having a full calendar um, without being able to realize what we're doing. And it feels like there's so many, you know, because when we get down to like diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, all of these, you know, words that we throw out there it's really trying to make sure that we understand each other and we are we aren't distracted and we can get to the business that we need to do and i would say um one of the things that i say to organizations when i talk to them are like are you doing a system that you can tie back to your last company and the last company and the one before that it's probably the wrong system right and 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 it doesn't mean that you are wrong it is following the programming that was not invented bespoke for your organization and your goals is probably not you know we take these blanket approaches that everyone's doing and then wondering why we're not getting better results or different or different results and i think that you could probably go a lot you know you've probably gone really deep but you could probably go even deeper on um who is speaking? What are the common topics that are, are I think about breaking it down again, because Katie and I are data nerds. Like I would be interested in seeing how many things, even like 
when they are forced to say, hey, we didn't listen to these three people. Now they're listening to these three people. Are they implementing the things? Like there's going to be a hidden bias behind somebody who, um, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of, of passion behind what they say. Um, and it's interesting, the bias that goes into effect. Uh, I went to a meeting once and the person there was from marketing. Everyone was excited to meet this marketing guru and the marketing person gets on the phone and they said, I usually get feedback that I don't sound excited, but I'm really excited. And I just started cracking up because they were trying so hard <laughs> to show that they were really excited. Meanwhile, I'm, I scream and like applause a fly. Cause I'm just like, whoa, like I get excited about everything, even if it's inconsequential. And then people still came off of that saying they didn't seem really excited you know because you have your own biases that have gone into play and that becomes the distraction of being able to accept those messages of realizing you know we need to take all of these things seriously regardless of delivery and i don't think that people also put into play there are different disabilities where that is the impact um you know my mother is suffering with Parkinson's and she's in the last stage of life. And, and as a part of it is losing your voice, being unable to speak, being able, unable to be heard because you don't have those things in your voice. And that doesn't mean that you don't have ideas, right? And I imagine there's others besides Parkinson's where that could be a side effect. And we just don't realize that we're not keeping those people in mind. Certainly. And, you know, one of the important elements is that for us, yes, although it was one of the elements that, you know, all of us talk about racial and race, race and gender. Diversity is like, what about neurodiversity? What about people that don't feel comfortable speaking? What about the people that only want to chat or that, you know, want to send you a report after the meeting just because they are... So we are measuring those elements too, in the sense of like how we're considering participation. You know, I remember in college, it's like, you know, the, the teacher will count participation and you will have to just say my your name and a couple of phrases and like, okay, you participated, you get 5%. So it's like, what? how are we, are we bringing those same practices into the workplace where we think that somebody just said one idea and then it's like, well, you got forgotten you know how are we implementing those so, so we are for for us in into the next uh, you know phases of the platform we want to integrate into project management tools into selling enablement tools so in that way you actually know and said okay mary that spoke at this meeting and it seems that she's getting engaged was she assigned this project and now we can actually track the whole process throughout and providing leaders and said oh yeah Mary, that is a minority, and you know now she's able to not only be engaged but contribute and provide an ROI to the organization because she's being included in this. Well, that especially I think is important for folks who have been overlooked. So that you know you have folks that are contributing, but there it's always the loudest voice or the person that's most energetic or you know kind of to Jackie's point. And so it is, you know, are you lo losing those bad or losing those good ideas because someone is more reserved or because someone is only sharing at one time or whatever that might be. And I like this idea of kind of that project management piece of, are you actually highlighting those folks who are excited and coming up with ideas and 
throwing things out there, regardless of what their approach is. So you can give them opportunities that they maybe wouldn't have uh, exposure to. Um, and and I, I like one of the things, and I want to go back to this just a little bit, that you shared about culture and the change in culture by using this tool, because I think that's something that's just so critical as well, that when you have this awareness, it's the, you know, the whole idea of, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I think that's such a critical piece for leaders as well. And we know that culture is really driven by, you know, your least engaged employee. And we know, you know, a lot of these different things. And if you have this awareness happening in a different way that it maybe has before, the changes to your culture could be enormous and it could be, you know, just super positive. And I, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that, just the, you know, kind of the culture piece and how that impacts the culture. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I, I think that sometimes um, we, well, I would, I should say we, but society or the, or the kind of workforce associates culture and DEI to these intangible things that have no correlation to productivity or, um, you know, benefits or financial benefits organization. Well, in all reality is completely the opposite, you know, but unfortunately, most of these, I guess, leaders in the, in the past, because of all sentiment and fluff and have never been able to kind of a create an actual measurement of how does implementing that. So now if you know if we're talking about uh cultural approach and cultural you know changes is like let's 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 talk about you know kind of generations that are coming into into the workplace. Uh you know I I see all through LinkedIn about the Gen Z and how they are wanting to do this and how it's like one of the biggest elements that they want is like if in if an organization doesn't focus on DEI initiatives, they are they don't want to work for those organizations. So we're talking about now not only the present, but the future of the company and how that company has to think about what is gonna bring us, you know, the next uh, uh, wave of, of talent that will, will be included, you know, in, in our growth. So, you know, for us really. Our goal is to walk through these this transformation with leaders into understanding because although we build the solution, uh, Jackie mentions like we we don't pretend that one approach fits all sizes and all organizations. So it's walking really through with these leaders into understanding what is working for them and what is not, and what would they like to see uh, in a tool that helps them measure and provides that kind of real you know transformation into the uh, into the into the whole organization so um and I, and I finish my comment with this one of the important things is that you know covid really brought uh hr and and dei to the to to the top which you know unfortunately had to take a pandemic for the uh, the life of the of the organization to be cared and to be listened to but you know now that we are at this and in this situation i really hope that we're able to really you know push through and empower those leaders with tools and 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 just trainings that help them become more effective but i think one of the biggest elements and how we're going to continue this wave is to bring in measurement and monitoring to all initiatives because in the moment that we just leave it into it's nice to implement and people are feeling good about it 
that doesn't bring any results and transformation. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, you, you nailed it with the, you know, COVID and all of these other things. So many folks are working remotely. And so there is this like lack of touch point that the managers have as well. They're not seeing folks at lunch or by the water cooler or whatever it might be. So the more we can drive this information feed or this download of, hey, what's really going on? What's the pulse of the team? All of that stuff. And, you know, to your point, you could do a survey every six months or whatever, but if you want real-time information, this is the way to do it. So, um, so yeah, it's very, very interesting. Well, I think they don't, you know, look, I'm going to really try not to get on a soapbox. You but the thing that makes me so frustrated is when we have organizations that need to change, they ask the people, right? And then if it, things are hard or they have hard times, then they ask the, the CFO what choices they should make in order to, like, where do they need to cut? They'll look at things like, um, you know, what software people are using or how many people are in various departments. And you seem to have 20% more than every other department. So you should be able to cut more people without looking at actual effectiveness. And it can't be based on one person if you're not measuring it. And so that's what makes me really frustrated. It's because we have to be able to do the measurement. And I think going to the point that we were talking about earlier, when you have all these organizations that have these initiatives that they're trying to meet um, without measurement or without fully understanding the commitment that they made, then how real are these initiatives that people are having? They can't, they're, they're not real. Um, but I think it's going to be, I, I think what's funny is that I am the overtalker in the meeting. Like that's me. And my favorite people are always the quietest people in the meeting because I can talk to them during the meeting and not get in trouble <laughs> because, <laughs> because they're quieter. They'll say it and I'll always say, or I'll say, do you want me to say something? Or, you know, I'll, you're like, do you like let's stop everybody stop and pay attention to this person to that that be an ally in the room for people who don't have the voice but i feel like you know there's magic there and being able to share the information i think i i don't know i just think it's fascinating yeah uh, i'll i'll tell you one amazing fact and actually research based on this guess how many what is the percentage of managers that are training to have meetings 15%. I was going to say like zero. <laughs> and, and we're just talking. So only 15%. So let's talk about an organization that is 100 people. 
and let's say that you know there is like 15 managers like five of them are the only ones that actually knew know how to have meetings the rest doesn't even have an idea so you know we're talking about this inclusion and this effectiveness of meetings but it's like how we expect the rest to know what to do whenever managers don't even know uh so uh, you know it's it's, a, it's such a such a like a wonderful and amazing opportunity that i see is that this is you know kind of how we can we can help organizations but it, again it doesn't come from from the bottom up it comes from the top it has to come from the top well and that sets the culture right whatever they pull out of those meetings sets the culture well, I also like what you just said, I think is so spot on, Andres, like how many leaders, like I know that all of us aspire to teach every new manager all the things that they would ever need to know, including, you know, how to do an effective one on one, how to lead an effective meeting, all of these things. But for the most part, they probably haven't been taught those tools or taught how to have a meeting that is inclusive and does make sure that everyone has a voice and all of these things. And so the more we can give them those tools. I, every manager I know of, every leader that I know of is like, yes, show me how to do this the right way. It's not a an affront to them or a you're like you said, it's not finger pointing, you know, that you said that earlier. And I think that's the piece too that's such a critical part of it is managers want to do a good job. Managers, you know, for the most part, I should say, but most managers want to do a good job and want to make sure that all of their team members feel good. And if you can help them in any way what a great, you know, what a great tool and what a great way to just create a culture that is more inclusive and does have every voice present and available. Um, and, and yes, Jackie, I'm also the over talker in meeting, uh, meetings. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. We just chat too much, but that's also probably a podcast, you know, I wanted to say that at the beginning when it was like, Oh, like women and minorities. I wanted to say that don't have Jackie and Katie in them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Oops, my bad. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think it is. We all know the stories. We've all heard so many of the situations where someone wasn't only in a meeting or in a room and they didn't speak up or they didn't share an idea that was a great idea or they shared an idea and it was overlooked and we know there's so much research about you know a woman saying something or a person of color saying something and you know the someone you know white male saying the same idea two minutes later and it's like oh that was the greatest idea ever bob um and so you know things like that that we know from research is happening and how can we help to to combat that and, and to make sure that everyone's voice is heard because again it drives innovation it drives better things for the entire group and for the culture and all these things. So Andres, yes. what would you like to make sure that our uh, listeners heard? What are the things that you think are, are critical uh, for this episode that you know, you want to share with folks? Oh, so many things, but I guess <laughs> you have to point at one is, um, you know, somebody told me this, um, if you train uh how to you know like kind of hit the ball whenever you're golfing and you do it wrong instead of actually getting better you get worse and i believe that this goes in the same with di if you implement it wrong it actually backfires oh yeah it yes. doesn't help the rest of the organization and actually perpetuates this broken system 
So to me, it's like we don't have to reinvent the wheel, but we have to pinpoint to what is the drivers that are creating that systematic, you know, behavior and that systemic situation that is we have been for so many years. Uh, so I guess, you know, it's like measure your progress, mm-hmm. implement it, use tools that are able to help you not only provide feedback for the rest of the, for your team, but at the end for leadership into, you know, because for leaders, they see, most of the time they see numbers, but if you have a tool that, and then it not necessarily has to be an ads, but a tool that helps you measure but also provide a return, then you are on the next phase. So, mm. awesome. I love that. Jackie? I kind of want to take what Andre said and say, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you have to recognize you really don't have a wheel. What you have is not a wheel. (laughs) You have some sticks. Yes. So invent something. You don't have a wheel. Quit trying to tell me it's a wheel when really it's a square rock. Um, And how do we know the difference is is by doing that analysis and doing a deep dive and digging into the data so that you can make data-driven solutions. I think that it's going to have the most help and impact. And then continue to measure until you get to the right equation is important. What about you, Katie? For me, it's yeah, I, what you just said, Andres, is spot on for me is the you know, you have to give folks the tools, you have to give folks the right way to do things. And, and how many companies have we seen do this wrong, and and make mistakes. And if you know, whatever you can do to keep this front of mind for leaders to keep like it's not a a check and balance, but it is in a way because it is, you know, like, hey, how do we do this the right way? And making sure that it's not a one and done. Oh, I went to this training and so I'm going to be inclusive in this first meeting and then never talk about it again. But really giving them data, giving them measurements to say, how do we do this the right way? How do we do this even better? And, And I think the more data we can put behind these conversations, the better off we, you know, we'll all be because I think that's one of the pieces that we always hear. I I was on a panel yesterday and they were talking about the business case and that sends me straight over the edge because we shouldn't be talking about a business case for DEI in 2023, but alas, uh, we were. Don't try to end it. How are you going to try to end the podcast with that? I'm just saying. We can talk about that later. During That's a different, podcast. yeah, another yeah. episode, new podcast. Who this? Yeah, but <laughs> but I think it's one of those things that you know we need to give managers, give people the tools to to do this the right way, or it, it's never it's never going to be solved. And the comment of you know the systems and the process and the big brother, whatever you want to call it, that is guiding so much of this structure that isn't right. However, we can break that down and the tools that we can do to create a better environment, a better process, a better whatever you want to call it. I think that's huge. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing. Um, How can folks get a hold of you? Yes. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. I am a chatter as well. So I guess we feel right (laughs) into these conversations. Best friends. 
absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh, but uh well uh please visit our website is www.tari.ai and or you can send me an email to andres a-n-d-r-e-s at uh, tari.ai and i'm on linkedin i love to kind of just uh, put things that are thought-provoking and if you want to follow me and it kind of be, be in a journey that actually are is goes against the 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 wave or against the river of kind of compliances then do it because hey we, we only have one life and might as well leave it right and do the best that we can to 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 leave our mark and to leave our this world a better place than we found it so thank you again I appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. And and folks, I, I'm going to say this, and I know I say this about pretty much every product, but this is one that do go to their website, do get a demo because I, I it is really, really a cool tool that has been built. And I think it's going to be a game changer for a lot of folks uh, and a lot of culture. So thank you, Andres. Uh, Jackie, yeah. happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, my friend. Happy Wednesday, my friend. This is the Inclusive AF Podcast. My name is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Uh, bye. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.